0: Is the
1: world. Hi, everybody. Chris Gathard here. Welcome to another episode of New Jersey is the World. Gonna keep this intro short and sweet because we've got a really great episode today with our friends Joe Steinhardt and Marissa Paternoster. And I'm very excited for you to hear it. First, though, I do have to say. Thanks to everybody who has signed up at patreon.com slash New Jersey is the world. The feedback there has been intense lately. As I knew while it was unfolding, the episode a few weeks ago where we realized that none of us have stepped foot in the large majority of Bergen County has gotten a lot of reaction. That episode, which came out on February 5th, which was titled Town Check a War is Brewing, currently has 99 comments, which I believe is by far The most comments we've ever gotten on an episode over there on the Patreon. And on top of that, um, you know, you look at our FIFA episode, which came out after that. That's got 15. The Again, 99. And then the episode, our deep dive, which is Patreon exclusive, which is on Washington County and Bergen County. That got 30 comments. And then for the top tier of the Patreon, the turnpike tier, we put out an episode last week called Don yells at Chris for almost 20 minutes. That's got 31 comments. Point being, the conversation over there is hilarious and insane, and as predicted, all the Bergen County people are mad, and they are going off over there on the Patreon. So join the fun, join the fights. Patreon.com slash New Jersey is the world. Now, um, this week's episode, I'm so psyched. Um, If you're fans of New Jersey music, I don't think I need to explain who Joe and Marissa are. Um, Joe Steinhardt is, of course, he plays in a bunch of bands, but I think a lot of New Jersey music people know that he's also the brains behind Don Giovanni Records, which helped solidify and crack open the New Brunswick scene, became a big label for a lot of Jersey bands, and a label where I've released my comedy records. Uh, Marissa Paternoster, of course, has released many records on Don Giovanni, both as part of Noun, and the recently called-it-quits Screaming Females. Uh, and Screaming Females, obviously, I think a lot of people would agree. If you like underground music and you like punk rock in New Jersey, for the past decade plus, Screaming Females have been one of the bands absolutely raising the bar and, and setting the bar for what comes out of, of, of Jersey and Jersey bands, and, and I think an iconic New Brunswick basement band in many people's eyes. And the best version of that. So obviously we could have so much to talk about with that. You would think between the label and the bands, so much to say. We touch on them. And we also touch heavily on the graphic novel that Joe and Marissa teamed up on, Merriment, which is available for pre-order now. But Joe and Marissa also made it clear to me that they are legitimately big fans of the Northeast Corridor train line. So because this is New Jersey is the world... We wind up talking mostly about that. And at one point um, on mic and and at a few points off mic, it was expressed by parties involved. Do you think people are actually going to want to just listen to us talk about different stops on the Northeast Corridor train line? I said, the people who listen to this show, absolutely all they want to hear is someone who runs a very notable... New Brunswick label and a person who's been at multiple outlets referred to as one of the greatest guitarists of all time. Never mention those things and instead talk about their opinions on Metro Park and Rahway. It's all all the people want. And guess what? That's what you're going to get. Enjoy it, everybody. Hi, everybody. Chris Gather here. Welcome to New Jersey is the World. I'm very excited. Very, very excited. These are... Uh, two people I've known for a long time on the show today, um, one of whom is a label mate of many years and the other who runs the label. So real, like an actual connection that that runs pretty deep. It's, of course, Joe Steinhardt and Marissa Paternoster. Hello, everybody. Hi.
2: Hello, Chris.
3: That made it sound like you didn't have a cho- I can't tell if that was a good thing or you just didn't have a choice about doing this episode, the way you phrased that.
1: No, it was a choice. And in fact, okay. you'll be happy to hear that um, Andrea, who's one of the other people involved in the podcast, messaged me and was like, hey, we got to reach out to Joe and Marissa about this graphic novel. I said, I'm interviewing them tomorrow, actually. So oh, nice. not only am I enthusiastic, but other members of the squad as well. And uh, speaking of that graphic novel, I want to plug it early because I have a feeling with the three of us due to both, um, I would say maybe some shared group ADD as well as a weird self-defeating addiction to bits. I I could imagine us going off track many times. So I just wanna say that you guys have created a graphic novel, it's called Merriment. It's out March 19th on uh, Microcosm Publishing, but you can pre-order it right now and if for people who don't know if you're a fan of new jersey and you're a fan of the arts side of new jersey i don't think that i need to give much of an introduction to joe who is the driving force behind don giovanni records and marissa who is of course someone whose music you've enjoyed through noun and screaming females so these are iconic jersey people and don giovanni records is um has supported so many Jersey bands, Jersey artists. Also puts out books. Like you've been an intimate part of the whole New Brunswick scene that is is really worshipped and that we've discussed so much on this show. You've both been a part of that, and uh, I want to make sure everybody knows. Like these are OG Jersey people whose work you've supported before. So please grab yourself a copy of Merriment because it's a really good look at. I have a quote on the jacket cover. It was very nice to be asked, but I, I say something to the effect of mental illness in New Jersey have always been very tied together, and this book really puts a magnifying glass on that. And I think that's a pretty accurate way to look at it. Would, would you guys agree?
3: Yeah, I think so. Um, I feel bad starting with the correction. Don Giovanni is publishing this, but Microcosm is publishing is distributing
1: it. Oh, is distributing it. My cursory yeah. Google search came it's up a- as Microcosm. So this is a Don Giovanni microcosm
3: that, that would make sense it we are publishing it but it's it's a it's a joint um Look a joint that. joint
1: well i mean yeah. that's that's also just uh smart business in the sense of link up with someone of this world and your infrastructures there you go yeah
3: um but yeah i you're probably right that we'll quickly forget anything about plugging the podcast because this is about new jersey and the world, um, plugging the podcast,
1: plugging the book. I've already
3: failed. Oh my
2: God.
1: What are
3: the rules of this podcast? Are there rules of this?
1: There's absolutely no rules. Mostly okay. we just say things and then people on our Patreon uh, correct me and get mad at me in the comments lately. But it's also, oh, well, th- we, this is perfect. We recently did an episode where we had a bunch of us try to figure out which towns in New Jersey have we all been to out of the 560 something towns and realize that collectively, none of us have ever stepped foot in most of Bergen County. So now Bergen County's been very mad at me all month.
2: Huh. Oh, I have to look at what's in Bergen County because I may also be part of the club.
1: That's that's North, right? That's real North? Yeah. That's North. That's Hackensack. That's Paramus. That's neck I've been to that's Paramus and neck. Route 4, Route 17. Okay. But
2: that's where the rich people are, right?
1: Yeah. There are there are many rich- Am I going to get Small, bragged? tiny, rich towns. No, I, no one was going to argue with it.
2: Hi, they're in a higher tax bracket.
1: Some of them, but it's been explained to me intimately that I shouldn't throw that around because apparently if you live on one side of Route 4, yes, it fits that. That cliche of your Alpine and your yeah. your Dumonts, these wealthy tents. But the other side of Route 4 is where you're starting to get to Lodi, you know, like your Misfits territory.
2: Yeah, I'm sure that's true. Oh, I've been to Ridgewood many, many times.
3: You can get stuck in Lodi too, right? You can get flooded Again.
1: out in Lodi for sure.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Bergen Catholic, right? That's big oh, that's, time. I'm familiar with that.
1: I remember when I was a young teenager in West Orange going to punk shows, there was the Bergen County Youth Crew, which was a hardcore <laughs> clique of Bergen Catholic kids who used to show up and Honestly, that stop. that sounds really scary. It was awful, and it's <laughs> it's tainted my relationship with hardcore forever, and now that hardcore is getting more and more artsy by the year, it's hard for me to lock in because I just have all these trauma-based memories of the Bergen County Youth Crew.
2: Oh, Hohokus. Isn't that the, one of the richest... Towns in New Jersey, according to NJ.com. I think I've, I believe
3: it is. Oh, uh, Al- Al- yeah. Yeah, it it's well, the most hilarious name test. I uh,
2: I think I read I read that in like a New Jersey magazine in my doctor's office once. So I remember the They love to list. Mm-hmm.
3: mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It, I was saying, I remember the Bergen Catholic Lincoln Douglas debate crew, who were also a bit intimidating. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is why I assumed it was a wealthy wealthy enough school.
1: Okay. the The first of many times that I'm sure I'm going to say the words. Let's focus up. Okay. <laughs>
3: so, yes. What uh, are we? Joe, why are we here Joe again?
1: Marissa, you did the art. Whose idea was this? How did it come together? How long did it take? Let's just get the basics out. Get these people excited. It
2: was Joe's idea. He sent me what looked like a screenplay, but I, would you call it a screenplay?
1: Yeah. Yeah, sure.
2: It looked it, it like it was
3: it's in that format. Yeah.
2: And then he asked me for like a year to read it. And then after about a year, I think I read it <laughs> and I was really surprised that it wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. I feel like I have Christmas thank for this in a lot of ways, actually. Cause, um, as he knows for many years, I've been trying to make it as like a joke writer. And every time I talk to him about it, he tells me that's not a real career. Um, But I keep writing jokes. And so I was really, really close to selling some jokes to uh, someone at that show. Chris and I did a show together for the release of, of um, his first record we did. And I almost sold a bunch of jokes that night, but I think the person who was going to buy them just was going to buy them as a joke these were good jokes i didn't want to just sell them
2: well honestly we this comic is just a vessel for your jokes well
3: that's essentially what happened i was like no one really wants to see me do stand-up but what if i start just writing people saying these jokes to each other
2: yeah it's like he took Um, jokes and he's like a a a failed stand-up comedian but failed is a strong word but then he took the jokes and put them in a in a Graphic novel, and then kind of like dress them up in my drawings to feed the jokes to people.
1: And somehow it worked really well. (laughs) And I also want to be clear this idea that Joe tries to sell me jokes is something that he's brought up. When I say literally every time him and I have spoken in our entire relationship, that is not an exaggeration. And I have never been able to ascertain to what degree he is kidding or not. Joe, do that's a fact.
2: Do the three tenors joke. That one's good.
1: Oh yeah, I couldn't work that into this one. No,
2: no,
3: but th- the thing is, that has a long, That is too much of a setup. That's like that's a sophisticated joke. Oh, okay. I was joke, just yeah. saying, do
2: it right now. That's
3: what I'm saying. It after this whole setup.
2: Okay, well, everyone, you're missing out. It Doesn't work on its yeah, own. It's quite a funny joke. Yeah. Anyway,
3: I mean, in some ways, though, I know we're kind of joking, and then it's also that is a lot of what happened. I I sort of started when I started writing it, and then we can talk about when Marissa got brought in. Um, I actually did just start being like all these i'm not going to be a comedian um and so i can start having other characters say these things that are funny and set up situations i guess um and slowly but surely over a really long period of time just because i i did this in my free time originally um it kind of became this much longer piece if that makes sense And then as I started actually realizing I liked it, because I I write stuff all the time that I scrap, um, I realized I thought I really liked this and wanted to do something with it. I had also kind of been talking with Marissa over the years about working on something with her, like a comic or a graphic novel or just something. We know we've done music together and other things, and it just kind of clicked that this would actually make a really nice graphic novel. I think because Marissa and I, come from a similar place of like misery and humor um, in New Jersey, which I think is like the epicenter of misery mixed with humor. And it just felt like something that she would understand. So when I sent it to her after asking her to read it for a year and she did, I was <laughs> glad she liked it. Um, and then we spent the next like three years actually turning it into. Yeah. Yeah. A real book and so it's weird to think of how long ago i started it but to say that it's not like i like worked on it for that many years
1: how many years did you refuse to look at marissa's artwork as revenge for her refusing to read your writing
3: zero but i did refuse to listen to screaming females for a little while just because i was so frustrated
2: i didn't refuse i just kept forgetting i know because you usually don't rate anything yeah <laughs> and when you do it's although
3: i would this is a fun fact I went to school for writing. I, I know. That, I, even that, I forget that.
2: Actually, I'm saying I know. I didn't know that. I don't know what you even do right now.
3: It involves a lot of writing. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's. I think that's why I wrote it as a screenplay. It's the only thing I, the only, I guess, medium I learned how to write um, something like this. In fact, one of the reasons I started uh, when I, I went to film school basically l- trying to write TV um, screenplays and do documentary stuff and I really wanted to write three camera sitcoms and I graduated like the second they ended and I had almost no interest in like the television that was became really popular and so but I really wanted to do that and one of the ways I knew I wanted to do that was because when I was writing before that I would be in a class or something writing a story like whatever you call a regular story like a narrative a novel I don't know but it would just literally be like And then he said, blah, 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 blah. And then she was like, blah, 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 blah. And I realized I was just kind of writing people talking to each other. And so I realized there's a whole medium for that. Um, And so I think when I even approached writing Merriment, it was very much like a screenplay because that's just the way that I I think about writing because I'm not a novelist.
1: I am... This might be a reach, but I'd wonder what you two think about it. I feel like when I read this, I was like, this really is, this is like processing a lot of Jersey stuff. Don Giovanni used to be known as like the New Brunswick Basement label, right? It's expanded beyond New Jersey's borders with the artists. It's expanded beyond punk as the as the genre of choice that everything focuses in on. And now it feels like a very kind of karmically It's being released at a time that's very interesting because here we are. I I would say you two are probably the two people most associated as public faces of Don Giovanni in a lot of ways. And Screaming Females has long been the spine of the label in so many ways. Just announced the breakup, and now you're releasing this novel that feels almost like a reclamation of the New Jerseyness, and it's coming out through Don Giovanni in a way. I don't know if that was intentional or just... The timing broke that way but it does feel like karmically it is kind of getting back to the label's roots and and sort of a tentpole project um that falls right into what don giamani always been
2: yeah i mean i could definitely see that obviously maybe not obviously this wasn't planned at all um it just things happen to line up uh life just happened that way
3: you can you can tell them that you can well are we allowed to talk on the podcast about like off like i asked the band to break up to help market the
1: the book a real smart choice is the label taking your your longest standing mainstay band and say let's do a stunt breakup. So it's sort of like a WWE thing. Oh no, no, not a
3: stunt. I was like, <laughs> I think I need you guys to break up so that yeah. Marissa and I so that can I can focus pursue focus on my book.
1: Comic my comedy. <laughs>
3: comic book writing. Yes,
2: like to pursue Joe's comedy career.
3: I mean, I was honestly quite shocked when they obliged because so thank you, Marissa. Yeah, well, no I don't know if we're allowed to talk I mean, about any of that. I know how much you love to
2: tell jokes. No, uh it just happened that way because we didn't even know how long it would take to actually finish. I think when we started it. It was the the first, uh, yeah. It was the first kind of wave of COVID, the first um, lockdown or whatever. That's when I started it, and I finished drawing it. uh, Maybe last spring, something like that. Maybe last summer. (laughs) Um, So Joe basically would like draw. uh, He would like uh, storyboard each page, and usually it was just. It, it was just text, usually like the the dialogue that was happening between two or more characters. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, if you read *Merriment*, which you did, Chris, you you know that there's not a lot of action in it.
3: Hey, don't spoil. There's it. not
2: a lot of like little spoil well, it. There's all. action in everyone's brains because they're talking a lot and having a lot of just interactions. But there's not. It's not like a comic book, like a superhero comic book. There aren't people like jumping off buildings or saving, uh, like babies from burning buildings or anything like that. Um. So it was, and it was also my first time ever doing a graphic novel. I've drawn lots of comics, but usually the panels, it's like 20 panels or something like that. So I think, you know, uh, we wanted to make sure that it got done. It was a really heavy lift and I feel like I learned a lot, obviously as a illustrator. Um, and I would like to do one again someday, uh, with maybe like a bit more resources, um, I remember talking to some cartoonist friends, and they were really um, flabbergasted that I had drawn the entire thing on paper. Um, so now I have an iPad. Thanks, Joe.
1: <laughs> so you were doing it like old school, like Jack Kirby style, by the modern standards. Like comic books have evolved to digital. <laughs> yeah, to make life easier. It,
2: I, it would have been a lot easier if I had drawn it on a on a computer, but I had never had a tablet in my life, and. Um, uh, my talk to my good friend, Sarah Lautman, who, uh, lives in Baltimore and makes a lot of really great comics. And yeah, she was, she was very surprised that I had drawn each and every page onto paper, which then means, I mean, as laborious as drawing a, a page of a comic already is, it takes me, you know, like four to eight hours to draw a page. Um, then you have to scan it in and clean up all the bullshit you did on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like. You know, pencil marks and mistakes and whatnot. So, um, I I definitely learned a lot uh, and thought a lot about how to make be a more efficient cartoonist um, and how to like construct more interesting uh, compositions within the pages. But I think my primary focus was just like to get this as a as a draftsman to just get this under my belt and make sure that the story at least was like conveyed in a in an understandable way for whomever might be reading
1: it. Well, I think the listeners of our podcast are going to love it and I hope they all pre-order it because it is effectively a story about a bunch of odd people in New Jersey processing their oddness and trying to figure out where they want to go in their lives, which is kind of the New Jersey experience. So well done. Thank
3: you. Now. Yeah. It's very anti-New York, which plays which really well. Which is the most well, New, New Jersey, which is the most New the Jersey you lives.
1: can get. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Now, uh, as I mentioned, um, Joe and I, we touch base a few times a year. I would say probably three major conversations a year. Two of them are usually bits. And then one, you give me like real actual life advice that always shocks me with its accuracy. Uh, Marissa, you and I have known each other a long time. Screaming Females played the Gethard Show a few times and then... I've seen you play a number of times and then every once in a while we will be in the same city, either at some festival or weird thing and talk for seven to eight minutes once every three years. When you're an artist, these are relationships you value. As I mentioned though, bits tend to fly. One bit you were all doing as we planned setting up this recording, I actually want to hold you to, which is that I do, I do want to out you that you both started doing a lot of commentary in the text thread setting up this interview about how you think the Northeast Corridor is the best corridor. And I have to say that even though I'm pretty sure we were joking about that being the topic for this interview.
3: I'm not, I'm not either. And in fact, yeah, good. I don't under, so like, I don't know no, when you talk about Morris and I doing a bit, cause we do some bits. We do like yeah. these old wench characters <laughs> giving the tours of old towns. Classic. Sometimes we do a class, Steve Albini and Bob Weston mastering a record together. Like, Amazing. We have, we have our bits when we're talking about like the corridors and we're talking about not a know, joke. New Jersey and NJ transit. These are the real conversations that we're having, <laughs> you know? And so the fact that you're like, let's do a bit. Yeah. I don't, unless you want me to do this in like a funny voice, I think we're trying to You're actually, welcome to do it. You, kind of you do the rest of the interview in a funny voice. What if I pulled I would out be- some really good impressions that like no one knew it? What if I just pulled something out right now that nobody knew I could do? You just, all- I'm not going to do that.
2: There's literally a text exchange between Joe and I. He's getting on it. He, he's, okay. Joe said, I love you and Anjay Transit. I said, if you get the classic brown seats, let me know. <laughs> he said, "Ugh, I wish. I don't know if they even have those anymore," which kind of bums me out. I said, "No, they totally do, but they're rare."
1: So you guys are NJ <laughs> Transit said, enthusiasts to this day. This is like literally. <laughs> oh yeah, and I
2: wait. This is the good part. Joe says, "Do you remember feeling like a literal god when you move the seats back and forth to make a four-person seat?" <laughs> And yes, the answer is yes. I didn't know you could do that until I was like 21.
3: Yeah, I didn't know either. I saw someone do it and I was like,
2: it was so cool.
3: No, it was so cool.
2: I know.
1: So you both claim the Northeast Corridor. I want to be clear. You have told me that you think it's the best corridor on the NJ Transit system or just in general, as far as all corridors, or are you saying it's the best train line of all the NJ Transit train lines? I want to know exactly where we stand on the Northeast Corridor.
3: I'm going to go top quarter all time worldwide and then i'm also going to go top train line so this is up against like um I don't know some other famous train lines like Paris to Monaco, or is that a train line? Oh, you're saying not even in New Jersey. You're saying like most famous train even, routes, like the, the, you the, know where that's Agatha Christie Japanese
1: bullet train, the, the infamous Japanese, but ultra the, efficient
3: bullet. Yes, train. you think the Northeast
1: Corridor is, yeah. Bad? yeah,
3: or like the you know like the Midnight Express, or is, I think that was a movie, not a train, but you know what I mean, like <laughs>
1: that was a movie, uh, not a train. Let's make that the pull quote, please. <laughs> Can we maybe start our discussion of the Northeast Corridor? And I wanna be clear, if you guys want to plug the book more. No. No. Okay, then let's <laughs> our work here is our work here is done. Are we ready to just focus mostly on our opinions on the Northeast Corridor? Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking maybe we could go stop by stop and just think of any feelings we have about each stop, any emotional moments. Oh wow, yeah.
2: I just wanna say straight out the gate that the Northeast Corridor Line stops at the airport, which basically means that it's your gateway to the entire world.
1: Yeah,
3: I think that's right. Show
2: me another corridor that can do that and I'll I'll eat my shoe or hat or whatever they said back in the day.
3: Okay, I've, that's fair. I do feel like it's kind of pathetic but I we, when he, I just took Marie on the train um, for one of the first times and I was like, it was like Bubba Gump with the stops. I was like, oh, here's, here's the, tw-. and she was like, why are you telling me this? In fact, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say multiple times on the train ride from um, into the city, she said, why are you telling me this? I think that came up like, but I, and that's when I think I started just texting. I was like, I'm just going to text these thoughts to Marissa. And then I, I did.
1: So uh, New York Penn Station is of course, uh, where the train starts or ends, depending on what direction you're going. We'll start with New York Penn Station. I, we discussed Penn Station many times on the show. Any particular uh, cautionary tales, fondnesses, memories
3: i've slept there a lot i've slept there like a lot more than I. classic
1: new brunswick behavior would like all to. three of us yeah, have heavy in new, new brunswick associations and you're not really an artist from new brunswick until you've missed that last train and had to sleep on the Penn nation floor you missed that train too
3: much yeah and this is this is weird i they I, they've renovated like the entire everything about Penn Station except for those bath those infamous bathrooms. It's kind of weird. It's like everything is so nice there. They do have a second
1: set of bathrooms, but they they, they have a whole new nice section of Penn Station, but yeah. all the
3: old stuff is still there. It's still there. It's really yeah. weird. Like yeah, if you if you walk by the bathrooms, it's everything looks it's the whole new nice part. And then that one part that we all know about, the part we, we probably slept at, and the part with those bathrooms, i don't. why haven't they renovated that? Yeah, I, don't, I, was, yeah. I don't know. It's very true.
2: Well, NJ Transit has...
3: Maybe it's, there's something they want to keep about it.
2: NJ Transit has their own bathrooms.
3: I know, yeah.
2: And those are, honestly, at this point, they used to be nicer, but they're just as gross, I would say.
3: I do miss a Sabaro down there, too. I feel but like that was a really good Sabaro fan.
2: Y'all's experience is different than mine. I will say the women's room in the area where you wait and look at the the trains coming in and out is not that bad lately. I remember it being horrific.
1: The new men's room is better than the old one, but it's yeah. descending every time I <laughs> every time I use it, it's falling into more and more chaos. The men's room was always physically gross and full of guys just kind of lingering and hanging out yeah so
3: as of february 10th 2024 it is back to the lingering it like i agree there was this moment when they it it sort of felt like it was refreshed yeah 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 it is back it's like almost 100 percent back to its old state and i don't like having to you have to like walk that's not a good corridor the the long corridor to that restroom why is there such a long corridor like within
2: a garbage corridor i I I don't understand that either
3: that's not a good corridor
2: but we have to give major props to the get to the bathroom in Penn Station because we all know as New Jersey uh, people that it's incredibly hard to urinate in New York yeah and
3: oh yeah that's actually a really good point you know
2: what I'll pay the price I'll go into that very scary weird stinky bathroom and get to use a toilet and that's you can't I mean no it's a good point you can't stick your nose up at that
1: how are we feeling about sick caucus Junction also how do you pronounce it De-caucus.
2: I heard sea caucus
1: the people from sea caucus just re- like five years ago they let the rest of us know we've all been mispronouncing this our I, whole
2: lives. I did not know that that was like
3: carney for me i learned it i was like really and when yeah. i found that out how did you say I didn't it didn't like that carney
1: you oh yeah carney
3: yeah well i mean this was probably 10 years ago but it was it was way later in life but still long ago that i found out it was
1: the yeah. bergen county people are mad at me because apparently those towns are pronounced uh, Bogota, not Bogota, Bogota and huh. Cloister, not Closter. Cloister. That's that's interesting. I've never I heard of either, either of those places. Sea Caucus, yeah. it's the newest one on the Northeast Corridor line. Um... I've used it. A lot of people in Jersey now will drive to caucus and use that almost like a path station. Like that's the quick. Jump. It's more of a junction than a place. It's a big time you junction, know? and they found yeah. a bunch of dead bodies when they were building it. You guys know that? Cool. No, but that makes sense. Yeah, like Fun. thousands of them, because there was an old Persons. mental hospital out there.
2: Oh, yeah. that's terrible.
1: Thousands? Not not like dozens? Hundreds, thousands. I don't know. That's, no, the but Jersey, that's a lot of. The bodies. Jersey way is to do no research and then just exaggerate it. I know. Well, That's <laughs> what i
3: thought. That's why when I said it was my favorite corridor, I can't. I can't even name very many. many
1: others a sizable number of bodies that had to be relocated as they kept discovering them during the construction of the sea caucus junction station
2: oh sheesh so it's haunted maybe yeah
1: oh big time big time
2: interesting
1: that brings us to penn station nork which i'm seeing here was opened in 1935 penn station nork tough tough place i don't hate it
3: yeah i don't hate it as much as some i've taken the train to and from there a bunch going to um the John Bon Jovi Center. Um, I can't remember the actual name. I'm, 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 half being sarcastic, and now I cannot remember the, the Prudential. Is that what it's called? The Prudential Center. The Rock. Okay. It took me a second. Why would you call it the John Bon Jovi Center? Wasn't that when it opened? Wasn't? Didn't he do like twelve nights there for? Oh, maybe he did. Yeah, I remember. I, he might even own it. I don't know. No research. Like I said, I feel like John Bon Jovi owns the Prudential Center. Let's start in this my mind room in now. In my mind, he does. No, he doesn't. But though. I don't know if that's. They might have no affiliation. <laughs>
2: Unrelated. Uh, but I want to circle back to to North Penn Station that Screaming Females played the Kearney Irish American Club in oh. 2010
1: and 2011. Wow. So cool.
2: I don't, I don't remember much about
1: it. Were these St. Patrick's Day shows or just regular shows that happened to take place at an Irish American Club?
2: No, party? neither of them were. But I remember everyone being extremely friendly and they gave us like buckets of beer. Like a big and plastic And did the punks come out
1: or was it more just like a bunch of old IRA supporting Irish Americans that usually hang out at those types of places?
2: I feel like a lot of Staten Island kind of area rockers were probably there. North Jersey, kind of like maybe maybe some New Yorkers because it's probably pretty easy to get to. Anyway, North Penn Station, uh, it's great. I mean, it's beautiful. This is the thing. You get two Penn Stations on the Northeast Corridor line. It
1: is the only corridor that gives you two Penn Stations, to my knowledge. You
2: get a mini one, kind of like an appet- a little appetizer before you get to the Big Apple, and then you get to the real big kahuna out there and you're, you know, you're like kind of mentally prepared for it. It's kind of like the the Northeast Corridor is like hugging you and supporting you. And it's just like, okay, you, you're leaving, you're leaving, you know, North Elizabeth Station. You're going to be okay. Let me just introduce you to my friends. We have nork we have Newark, Penn Station. And and here, are you ready? Here's the big one. Penn Station,
1: New York. And those are things that, to my knowledge, I don't think the, uh, I don't think the North Jersey coastline gives you that. I don't think well, that the Butin line gives you
3: that. No, but this is what I want to know. It, it sounds like you at least, I don't know if you've done research or you found an article because you said 1935, so there's something going on. W- what's the deal? They, they both were like, we must name our station after some guy named, after Penn. And then they fought, fa- like, why are there two Penn stations so close to each other?
1: I have looked this up. If I remember right, it's because it was the Pennsylvania line. So the train line itself back in the day was known as the Pennsylvania line.
3: And then they both were so like, we're not dropping Station. this. And they <laughs> were both just like, we're, we're, I'm not dropping it. And then they were, that's some New York, New Jersey shit right there.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course, uh, a next stop after Penn Station is the yeah. mentioned airport stop, which is, I do really like that. The I miss the old clickety-clackety board in New York Penn Station. I don't oh, yeah. love the new digital one. I miss the clickety-clacks. No. Um, but I do like how they put a little airplane symbol next to every train that's going to stop at the airport. I think it's that's cute, it. right?
2: I think it's, it's really cute. I always cute. wonder what it's like for people who English might be their second language or not their first language, whatever, or they don't speak English at all. When they're visiting New York, obviously a lot of people come here to visit New York. Nork must be insanely confusing, yes. <laughs> especially getting to the airport. If you're, no, but I, you know, visiting or you're going home.
3: I don't think it's just about that's not fair. ESL. It's just, it's pe- people that just are not from here, like like yeah. from New Jersey yeah, yeah, specifically but, that will visit. Why are there three Newark stations? Why are there two Penn stations? Like, and also, you know, when you're I like, like uh, of, I don't know.
2: <laughs> one of the biggest and busiest airports is in New Jersey, and then the abbreviation for it is EWR. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which we know has something to do with Nork, But if you say Nork you don't hear EWR in the word. No. No. It's really mean what we've done. And the that little, said,
1: even the little plane symbol itself is not necessarily enough of an explanation to totally figure it out, but it's it's certainly enough of an explanation that if you fuck it up and miss your plane, you will feel dumb that you didn't figure it out.
2: Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you'll just really flog yourself. Yeah. You know, about it. It's like, damn, that little plane should have given it away.
1: Yeah. And meanwhile, you got to rearrange was- everything for your whole damn vacation and the whole family's mad at you. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He'd be like, I thought it was just decoration on the sign, but it, it meant something.
1: Now, our next stops are the first two that get really saucy. Because one of my favorite things about the Northeast Corridor is that sometimes it stops at more stops than other stops. Yeah. And, yep. I believe and you never know. You For n- no it's reason. <laughs> extraordinarily hard to know when it's stopping at those smaller stops. And the next two, I feel like, Marissa, you might, I know enough about you to know you might have some strong opinions on the fact that there is a North Elizabeth and Elizabeth stop. I feel like it the did. North Elizabeth one is the first one where you never know if you're stopping there.
2: If the train wants to stop in North Elizabeth, God bless it. I don't know why there are two stops. I guess the North Elizabeth stop being from Elizabeth is far away enough from Elizabeth Station that it kind of makes sense, but they're really not that far away from each other. Um, And whether or not the Northeast Corridor uh just dis- the train decides to stop there i i really don't know i guess it would be a local
3: no because i'm just but then i've been right i've super like commuted for years i've i've never ever understood it i've taken expresses and then they somehow they'll stop in linden and north i've taken locals that yeah.
1: skip some stops
2: please nj transit reach I, I out think it's the whim. To us i think why. it's
3: the whim of the,
1: the driver I, well, see, th- and this is interesting. There's a difference in your language I want to point out. Joe, you just said the driver. Marissa, you twice said if the train wants to stop, almost as if you view the train as a living creature with a sense of agency. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I got that impression. I got that impression. There's
2: nothing better than an anthropomorphic train. Everybody loves that.
3: That might be our next graphic novel uh, character, actually.
2: Oh, that's been done to death, though. We need to think of something else, too.
1: A- Thomas the, oh, yes. the- okay. yeah. Okay. You're yeah. right. Okay. Move on. Now, how are you two going to react? I don't know if you know this or not, but apparently... There used to be a South Elizabeth stop, but it was closed, according to Wikipedia, really? sometime between 1974 and
2: 1976. Oh my God, Chris, you're blowing my actual mind. South
3: Elizabeth. There was not even a trace. Did they demolish the platform? You would think you would drive by like one of these old platforms, usually.
1: One of these ghost platforms that turns into like uh, some sort of hellscape where people live and fight to survive i'm looking it up this
3: is one of my favorite parts of the ride because you get to see shoppers world out the window you know there's some things you get to see this is one of my favorite scenic parts of the the union elizabeth like uh
2: have you ever gone into have we gone into shoppers world
3: i've been in a couple times have we gone together yeah maybe (laughs) maybe this is the
2: t- i did a lot of loitering in there
3: there's ch martin this is the type of hard-hitting exclusives we get here <laughs> on new jerseys have we been there to, i can't imagine what well i've been there a couple times actually i've also been to the ch martin what what do explain for someone who's never been like myself explain shoppers World. it is like a ch martin just miscellaneous
2: shoppers world is basically ch martin but it's native to elizabeth i suppose it was like one of the biggest stores downtown and if you go to shoppers world you can get like a lot of clothing that kind of like uh, reminds me of this, the the goods you could get in Wet Seal at the mall, kind of <laughs> some like nice discount. But they got
3: like vinyl, no. but like it, like it's yeah. Oh really? But like yeah, but like um, I don't mean like I don't know if they have vinyl now, but it used to. They used to. It was like Bradley's level vinyl <laughs> at one point. Like it was like they had like. They had records.
2: Yeah. But in the basement, you can get tchotchkes. And in the basement, they have like- I think that's where they were.
3: They were, in, they were in that basement.
2: Yeah. There's like a- You can get like a life-size porcelain Jaguar for your glass table at home.
1: So where I grew up, this was Caldor. This is very similar right. to what I grew up yeah. with in, in my Caldor on Prospect Avenue.
3: Yeah. Uh Was that a chain? I feel like there was- there one in King of, in, um There were a number of Caldors. There was a Caldor. Yeah. There was a Caldor somewhere else.
1: Up next- Franklin Mills might add one. Up next, we of course have Linden, a town that I don't know I've ever stepped foot in, but I certainly know it as the town that where the turnpike appears to be like a steampunk, like a steampunk nightmare that's on fire. Yeah, that is in Linden. I
2: Linden believe. is where my mother is from. There are a lot of uh, Polish.
1: My shrink, my shrink oh, is from really? Linden.
2: Uh, hopefully, it's not my mom. Uh, there are a lot of Polish immigrants there, um, and so you can get some really like crucial pierogies in Linden. And then
1: very good to know
2: for like five seconds when I was a kid, there was a record store called Izzy's in Linden um, that I would go to pretty much every day after high school. Um, and then it moved to Kenilworth, which is a town in New Jersey that no one has
1: probably heard of. My father used to work in Kenilworth.
2: Oh, geez. Well, there you go. There we go. Yeah.
1: Now uh after Linden is of course Rahway, I always associate those towns together. There was a North Rahway station that closed in nineteen ninety three. Huh. Says
3: I hate, I won't, I won't say what I want to say about the railway station. What I will say is I associate it with transferring to other with like, if you were going certain places, it's like, Oh, I got to transfer at railway. You know, I associate it with that transfer point. If you're going to like the shore and stuff like that, red bank. Yes.
1: Joe, very good call. You can connect with the coastline in railway.
3: Yeah. I feel like when I was, when you were pre having a car, if you were like, Oh, there's like something weird happening in red bank. It was like, Oh, I'll just spend four hours, you know, Taking the train, going to railway, waiting at railway, getting on another train that you hope is going the right direction. You know, like, but that's my associate with Rahway standing there waiting to get on a train for some for uh, somewhere else. Many times before I had a car.
1: Now there used to be a station after railway in Colonia. Um, what it closed between nineteen seventy four and seventy six, just like the the South Elizabeth one. And when it first opened, the station, it opened this this station in Colonia was there from 1876 to 1974 and was known as the Hootenville station. Where's Hootenville? Never heard of it in my goddamn life. Oh. Look, like. Well, I
2: guess Metro Park absorbed all that stuff. I don't know why,
1: but I feel like. Believe me, we're going to talk a lot about Metro Park when we get to it. Oh, yeah. I got a lot of things to say about Metro.
3: I feel like, though. I feel like I'm at that part in It where they're like learning that, that uh, the clown had been at, at, at all these. I don't know why. The way you're describing these old, like, oh, in yeah,
1: 1876, there was a train platform here. It's right? something spooky about it. I don't know what it is, though. There also used to be an Islin station. But now Why? that one closed in 1972. But the Metro Park station is in Islin and opened in 1971. So it's pretty clear. It just
3: so that just absorbed it all. Absorbed. They were like, let's just put a big parking lot.
1: Is there a more intimidating name Absorb it of all anything in New Jersey than Metro Park?
2: No, it does. Sound I love like the a, name. A I love robot. it.
1: I was going to say, it sounds like a Transformers villain.
2: Yeah.
3: I've always liked it because they were just like, what should we call this place? Like Metro? park (laughs) like what does it stand for metropolitan parking lot most likely you know like i don't know i love it it's just such a we don't no one cared what they called it because it's like let's just invent a new place i've never been Call it metro park
1: it's largely a station where you leave your car right you leave your car it's quite literally a
3: giant parking lot um it's really close to that light bulb like i feel like if for some reason you wanted to walk to the light bulb i feel like you would take it to metro park but I've never walked to the light bulb, but I feel like that is actually-
1: Well, guess what, Joe? There used to be a Menlo Park station but it closed in 1957. That was on the Northeast Corridor line. What? And that's the, that's light bulb territory right there because as we all know, yeah. Edison spent a lot of time in my hometown of West Orange, but before that he was the wizard of Menlo Park. Yeah, he was. I
2: wonder if you could have gotten Remember when Pearl Paint was on Route 1? Oh,
1: Pearl Paint was so cool.
2: It was right it was maybe in Menlo Park. I was one I, I remember when I started art school, they'd be like you have to take the bus to Pearl Paint because we weren't allowed to have cars and it was Incredibly difficult to use a bus because I was like twenty and I didn't know how anything in the world worked, and I was just like, "How am I going to get there?" Gross, I really wish that that stop still existed. Yeah,
1: Mason Gross sending their kids on buses up and down Route One. That's yeah, gotta protect these artists way more than that. They
2: rejected me from their MFA program today. Yeah, am I allowed to say today?
1: Mason Gross on this? Yeah, yeah,
2: well, I don't think I'm gonna have to. I heard that if you apply again. They just will reject you again. So I don't think it matters if I talk about it.
3: (laughs) It feels like a giant lapse of judgment on their part. (laughs) Do they not know who they're dealing with?
1: I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Do they not understand... The, Mason Gross. Let's 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 talk about.
3: it. I know Mason Gross. Let's talk about Rutgers and Mason Gross in general.
1: <laughs> New Brunswick and Rutgers are these weird parasitic symbiotic relationships with each other. We all know it. Yeah. But Mason Gross always existed as a weird bubble inside it that never felt like a part of things. Even as a kid who started doing comedy and participating in arts they felt like a very impenetrable thing that always felt holier than thou and better. But also it felt like the people I knew who were trying to do stuff, it was much more sawdust on the floor, let's just go make it happen. So the fact that they rejected you, yeah. a living New Brunswick legend, I don't know. Unacceptable. Art legend. Unacceptable.
3: I held my tongue because I thought Marissa might get in, but I can finally say, I hate that <laughs> weird table sculpture out front of Mason Gross. Ah!
2: you hate that alice icon i do
3: not like it i don't care for it
2: yeah someone spray painted not art on it when i was in school and it caused a big ruckus but mostly it was just good for shade it was good
3: for shade and um, rain what what do you call it um what do you call it rain shade
2: i don't i don't know an umbrella
1: what's that called umbrella dry umbrella,
2: an umbrella. no
1: but that's what Protect i'm saying what do you, do you call it? Like, shelter 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 from the elements. Shelter from the storm,
3: right? Isn't that a famous Bob Dylan? Uh,
2: they won't let me get an MFA and they asked me to take the bus. And I was like, I don't understand how to use the bus. And I still actually don't understand how to use the NJ Transit bus, which is why I like the Northeast no one ever corridor has. so much.
1: <laughs> no one's ever understood how the buses in New Jersey
2: work. I tried once, once and I got very, very lost for a long there time.
1: There used to be the only,
3: the buses outside of this one line, Or I've never understood either, they're really confusing, but there was a, the bus from a, Princeton, like from Nassau Street, Princeton to New Brunswick was actually like a very easy bus rather than the alternative, which would be taking the Dinky to like the Northeast Corridor. So I took that the bus was, I think, like four dollars round trip, I want to say, New Brunswick to Princeton. And the train was like eight to twelve dollars. And so yeah.
1: I've never been on the dinky. My co-host Mike D, he's a very big fan of the Dinky. I've never stepped foot on it myself but the think he's a disturbed I'm not me a back.
3: fan but I've read it I don't like the idea of it but I have spent a lot of time
1: on it also I thought it just takes But I you would around usually do the bus
2: the campus right
1: it Takes you fr- it just goes back and forth it just From the Princeton junction to the campus so it's it's for it's literally for rich Princeton kids to get off the train and go to school.
3: Guys, we're getting way ahead of we're not even yep, at Princeton yep, Junction yet.
1: Yep, yep. We're at Matuchin. You're right. We're yep. gonna not even mention the fact that there was a station called Robin Vale that burned to the ground what? in 1915. How many stations burned to the ground? Oh there's a whole stretch that there's a whole stretch coming up that is gonna fuck with your heads. For now though, let's just keep it cool. Take a deep breath talk about Matuchin. let me share some Matuchin facts with you
3: lovely time let me i love it let me share some facts number one david copperfield's from there and he's one of my my favorite illusionists yeah and one time (laughs) he fist fist bumped me at at at, i think it was part of his act but i don't know i'll never know because he walked around a part of the act and like he fist bumped some people and i'm sure it was but I feel like it's because he kind of knew that I was like down with Metuchen.
1: Um <laughs> I just recently ate at the Irish pub that's right next to the Metuchen train station. And it was great. And they had a person there playing traditional Irish music.
3: So and then for Don Giovanni's 10th anniversary, we rented out. Not Sorry, we didn't even rent it out. We arranged that theater in Metuchen to do a theatrical print of dirty work. We rented the print, we licensed it. Oh, that
2: was a Matuchin.
3: Yeah. Well, we, we did that's we fun. promoted it widely like it was a real movie. You know, like the way when they do a midnight show. Like it was just as it was in the listings and we were like a lot of Don Giovanni heads and friends were coming. We were like we were all like, We can't wait to see who shows up to this that's just like here to see dirty work and they're gonna be like, There's all these people, not a soul. I can't no, there was probably Oh no, no, we knew you. There's probably there's probably a hundred people at the You know, because it was our 10th anniversary. Right. But again, we were like, this will be so cool. Like just people that want to come see not there was not a single person off the street that came to see that theatrical print. And we did we didn't do a DVD. We did the theatrical print. They had to mail it to us. It was it was it was actually kind of intense. Um, It was on the marquee. And yeah, no one showed up. Well, no one besides the Don Giovanni family.
1: Metuchen also has a great downtown. Oh, yeah. It is becoming a little bit of a haven for city expats, which, you know, some people roll their eyes That's at. That's what I've
2: mm. I've seen, which surprised me.
1: But Marissa, I think you'll also be interested. Do you know that the daughter of the DeCosmos couple <clears throat> has opened a second DeCosmos in Metuchen?
2: Yes, I just went to DeCosmos very recently. It was last summer I was driving Elizabeth to my dad's house. The Elizabeth one, I
1: that one that is a special fucking experience. that was a that very very
2: have. big part of my childhood. I don't think I knew how special it was because uh, it was just we went every. Did you ever get to go to Spirito's, Chris?
1: I never made it for the raviolis at Spirito's, but now okay, there's all these so rumors they're going to reopen.
2: That's what I've heard from Al Santillo.
1: <laughs> who I just met at Caniglios and took my picture with him and was honestly reacting as most people would to Taylor Swift.
2: He's a god. He's so he special. really is a pizza
1: god. He's a half he's, man, half god.
2: And he's so funny too. He like is like a yeah cartoon character. He's just so genuinely funny. But um he knows obviously some other pattern osters from Elizabeth. So we had a nice rapport. But anyway, when I was a kid, we would go to Spiritos like on a special night. And then you just walk down the street and go to De Cosmos, and it's just so freaking good. <laughs> and that was like it is, yeah.
1: It's it's also something that has survived from a previous era of how life worked, and it's just still there, operating as life ran like that. 50 60 years ago
2: yeah well i think to cosmos
1: it still does like that
2: yeah i think the shack got sold though
1: that's the rumor for the past couple years that's been the rumors they're selling it and once they sell it it'll close but their daughter is so nice yeah and she's running shit down in Matouchin. i actually know i met i don't know if i should be totally putting it on blast i met a restaurant owner in new brunswick who grew up in elizabeth who thought about buying to cosmos but wanted to make sure he got the recipes and the metal bins that they hand cranked that ice in. And I forget which one they said, we're not totally willing to pass those on. Uh, So we couldn't do it. Such a
2: special place. Yeah, I was always released. And I like the portions Mm -hmm. too. They're like very, very, if you got a small, it was indeed truly small um which i always enjoyed probably not so much as a kid but as an adult i liked it a lot more and then when i moved to philly i was like what the hell's water ice
1: that's a whole
2: we didn't really have that
1: and now they have polish water ice too What's that? that's a whole new, that's a whole new thing that's coming on strong bonaduce oh, one, one of my co-hosts bonaduce he swears by the polish water ice now
2: what goes on in that ice? danny
1: Bonaducci? no 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 bonaduce who co-hosts this show oh, so yeah. i'm not interviewing because he was living in he was living in philly for a while that's why i was trying to all bonaduce is by far the most beloved member of the new jersey is the world collective and you just disrespected him on his home turf joe where is he he's, he's not here i do the interviews no, i would say he's the, he's disrespecting us i generally do the interviews huh. anyway let's talk about the
3: edison station oh i got a lot of edison takes and this is i think when i met Mar- no i wasn't living in edison yet when i met marissa i was still living in new brunswick right i
2: don't know i ignored you for a long time
3: we spent a lot of i lived in edison for a minute um but before that, oh, man, Ed- I got Edison's so many takes. Okay, pre-me live in there, right? We have curmudgeon records, which closed before I moved there. We have Tasty Sub, and that's the location that Obama went to, not just, like, any Tasty Sub location. Um, Oh, man, we have – we're really close to uh, shoes, dollar sign, items, and more. I think that was in Edison. <laughs> cool, Kids, cool Kids Consignment was in Edison. Um, The Victory Records Bulldog that was, I think, for something else, like a Mack truck giant sign was in Edison. Um, Edison yeah, Edis- Diner,
1: where I once Edis- at three in the morning ordered lobster tails, assuming they'd say we don't actually have those. And nope, they cooked me up some fucking lobster tails. I've always wondered if they actually have that stuff, and they did. They didn't even blink. I was like 19 <laughs> years old ordering <laughs> lobster tails. The audacity. The
2: Edison Diner, the Edison Diner's really luxurious. Oh yeah. That's like a big diner. What's that weird diner that's on the northern side of Route 1? Omega sky, the, the called, like, One? Omega or the Skylark. Skylark.
3: Skylarge Salad, yeah, dude. When I, I was can't desperately that looking, place. <laughs> when it opened and I was desperately looking for work, and I, I definitely knew you when it opened. They were hiring for a DJ, and I was like, "That'll be a sure thing for me. I, I know music." But they actually <laughs> wanted like a fancy guy. You yeah, know, they didn't want they didn't want me, but they had a DJ in there. That's apparently, cool. The I went in
2: there with my friends Mercy and Lindsay from college, and then we looked at the menu, and we were like, "These prices are exorbitant." And yeah. they had like these weird, kind of like very long. Uh, windows that I'm I'm sure have a particular name, but they happen to be open, so we just walked out the windows.
1: This, of course, brings us to the New Brunswick station, which opened January 1st, 1838. I have to imagine oh, we need to have parties. <laughs> yeah, we should have birthday parties. I have to imagine between three of us, the three people present here, the New Brunswick station stories could fill hours.
3: Probably. And I don't like that area now. I miss the area surrounding the New Brunswick now station it's nice. so much. Now you got it's super nice. One of my favorite restaurants, Destination Dogs is down there. One of my favorite restaurants, McDonald's, used to be there. <laughs> and once they closed that McDonald's, that, that was my like, it's all downhill.
1: Dude, when when you would get off at the New Brunswick station on a late night train and you were one of a handful of people as a college kid and you had to make it back up to the area of Easton and F where college kids were allowed to be. That was some real treacherous shit for four years of my life. I, well, I used to, that sprint. I used to get off
3: that station in high school to go like a
1: hardcore show, and I would go straight to
3: McDonald's to get a McFlurry because I feel like they had just invented the. I associate that McDonald's with the McFlurry. I think when I first started going to New Brunswick was right around when they invented the McFlurry. That's another research date. To, uh, think about, but I'd get a McFlurry at that sketchy-ass McDonald's, but I spent a lot of time there, and then they put Dunkin' Donuts in, in the station, and then everything kind of uh, got... Now it's now there's like a... You can get like a barbecue. It was 95. The McFlurry no, was introduced there. in 95. Oh, wow. Okay, maybe maybe then... Uh, okay, well, this is more probably like 98, 99, 2000.
2: I actually was very recently uh, got stranded in New Brunswick because the train stopped running, and... I went and walked to F.A.'s to get a falafel and wait for my dad to come pick me up because the trains weren't going to come. Um, Remember Southwest really Burrito? That was right by
1: the train oh, station yeah. Southwest. Yeah. Oh Southwest. Yeah. That's not there anymore, no. right? When I think of the New Brunswick train station, I think of that, and I bet this lasted, because, I mean, Joe, you grew up there, and then I lived there for college a few years before Marissa, I believe, but I imagine it was still true. There was a weird element of like, Old timey grifters. Oh, yeah. That made the New Brunswick train station their home. Like, oh, yeah. You were going to get bamboozled or schemed in New <laughs> Brunswick, and it was going to be by somebody that just.
3: I need five more cents to get to the bus, oh. and
1: you'd see the same person. Yep. Oh, my God. I forgot about those guys. I'm collecting money. For- I'm collecting money for the children's ward at the cancer mm. hospital guy. Yep. There yep. was like oh a number god. of old-timey because My car broke down, and I have my two. And I need a waiting. dollar for gas. I need a, a child one dollar for gas. Oh my god! Just real old-timey, like yeah, like the guys selling the monorail on the Simpsons. yeah. Nobody like there ever was just tried. a Number of guys. Yeah,
2: buy. it's like the guy who tries to get cheeseburgers and Popeye. There
1: was a lot of grifting there. A lot of that at the New Brunswick
3: train station. I used to love. Love Kennedy fried chicken too. If we're talking about near the New Brunswick train station, like it was in between there and the melody, it was Kennedy fried chicken, but they dressed. It looked like a KFC. It was KFC colors, and it was the pin. I remember Kennedy. Yeah, I loved Kennedy Fried Chicken. They and they sold anything. Now, like you they would that- probably cash a check there if you had a check. <laughs> if you brought a check there, they'd probably cash it. Like they would whatever you needed. Kennedy Fried Chicken. Like they had this menu, just everything. Man, I love that place so much.
1: I also remember on George Street because now another thing that baffles me about New Brunswick is the idea that you can walk from the College Ave side of George Street all the way to Douglas. And you'll be okay. Yeah, that was you could not walk the entire length of George Street, but there, no, there were two fried chicken places directly across the street from each other on George Street. And the rumor I heard was that one sold chicken and one sold drugs, and that's why they both thrived. I lived cool.
2: on Douglas the first year of college, so it was like two thousand and five, I guess. And even then, uh, I was. Wa- it wasn't that walking in between like college app or George street and Douglas felt particularly dangerous. It was just very foreboding. There were like, no, there was just nothing around. If it was like past 11 o'clock, there was nothing around. And then you get to Douglas, which is also like a pretty barren quiet campus. And the whole thing was just like spooky. Uh, so I just remember sitting at the, you know, Rutgers bus stop for like hours praying that double E for that. Double e. Favorite. We'll wait Come pick me e.
1: up. <laughs> I remember when I was there, there was a driver on the double E who became known for his charm and wit on the intercom.
2: Oh. It was I one never double E driver that was
1: known it. for like, All right everybody, buckle on up because we're about to have a real fun ride today. Like <laughs> <laughs>
2: Maybe. I wore headphones very aggressively in college, so it was like
3: uh, the Jungle Cruise at Disney. It was yeah, like, you know, he so. had all the hits. Yeah, Very much so, yeah. I feel like we've skipped a... I, I just have a qu- research question yeah. since you've done all this research. Sure. There must have been a Highland Park... I've always wondered why there's no Highland Park Station. Is that also an old, burnt-down station? You no, know, there's
1: no Highland Park Station. But the next... Wow, so you have to walk there. The next station is one that I've always been fascinated by. I've never gotten off at. It's the infamous Jersey Avenue. Yeah, and that's another one that... This, this, New Brunswick stop that no one no college kid knows where it is and you always heard rumors that it was vaguely dangerous
2: I know where it is yeah because it's like
1: yeah I know where it is too but it's like the train also doesn't always
3: stop there and you don't yeah. know when it's going to it's true
2: yeah
3: and I never understood its placement especially without there being a it's
2: definitely an in island
3: a, park yeah like why did New Brunswick have two stops
2: yeah that stops definitely in a dimly lit uh kind of barren part of New Brunswick
3: yeah yeah I'm trying to think of what else is out there that's like it's by fingers radiator if you Could work you- with fingers radiator you might have to take
2: No, fingers radiator is up get out of is here it? no i don't know what you're talking about
1: fingers- wait a minute it's
2: not by fingers Reader? Yeah, it is fingers radiator is on route one north and i think it's the most yeah. beautiful hearing of words that i've ever heard yeah i don't know what they do never heard of fingers
3: <laughs> radiator. What it's, called. It's, it's, yeah. it's on route one north yeah it's right it's but i swear to god it no it's it's definitely south of the jersey ad stop isn't it
2: no maybe you're right actually
3: yeah i'm telling you i think fingers radiator i
2: don't know we would have to do some research
3: we might have to do some research yeah yeah
1: Yeah. that's route one in north brunswick a classic radiator and gas tank restoration heavy yeah is that where Radiator Hospital got their name? Who knows. No, they got no, their name a different... from a store
2: called Radiator Hospital.
1: <laughs> yeah, which is
2: probably in Michigan. Is <laughs> in Michigan,
1: yeah. Fingers Radiator Hospital. Now, the next stretch of Northeast Corridor history is going to blow your mind cuz we all know New Brunswick, sometimes Jersey Avenue, but the next stop is of course Princeton, Princeton Junction
3: Junction. How, there's a lot of how land between. You,
1: how would you react if I told you that there was not one, not two, but five decommissioned stops? between Jersey Avenue, So I'd actually weirdly, I'd believe it. Here's why I'd believe it. I That was
3: always the long, uh, like if you took the train all the way to Trenton or you took the train all the way wherever, yep. it was always like, why is this so much longer than all the? So part of me is I understand, but also where the hell
1: were they stopping? So in North Brunswick, there was a stop called Adams. Then in South Brunswick, you had the stop called Dean's. There was also a stop called Monmouth Junction, which Monmouth Junction is still a phrase that gets used I understand it a little bit more now if it was once an actual train junction. Those all closed on December 3rd, 1967, which I don't know what tragedy- what a horrible on a black day. It's a black, a black day. It's like a day. It's Bay like Richard when Street. Buddy
3: Holly and Richie Valance all died or whatever. <laughs>
1: now, in Plainsboro, which I only know as being connected to West Windsor because they share high schools, in 1914, they had a stop closed called Schalk's Crossing, and then there was a Plainsboro stop that operated until- May 29th, 1962. Five stops between Jersey Avenue and Princeton Junction that are gone now.
2: Honestly, thank goodness. I would not want to be on that train stopping that much.
1: Yeah, that's true. Mm -mm. Well, can I briefly...
3: I'm sorry I even brought up Buddy Holly and Richie Valens for a second, but... No, I knew someone was going to. (laughs) Well, how lucky is the fucking big bopper that he was on that plane with those guys? Like, no one would... So like, I think about that all the time. They're like, oh, we lost all the greats. Joe, he we lost died. all the greats that day. Joe, he we lost died. all the greats. That's like
2: something my dad thinks about all the time.
1: He wasn't lucky he died. No, but they're like, no. we lost you all the greats wise, that day. Legacy wise.
3: We lost Richie Vance. We lost, you know, La Bamba. We lost Buddy Holly. And then oh, we lost the big bopper. Like, <laughs> like,
2: I'm sure the big bopper was more famous know. than you might have
3: thought. I don't know if he was. Time. I feel like he kind of tagged, I think he kind of like <laughs> tagged on to that that thing like he was just on the flight i just i don't know that's my theory
1: i just like knowing that there was a stretch of rock and roll where you could have a stage name which I feel like really didn't totally come back until hip hop, right? And then it became the standard. And you can call yourself the big bopper and be cool. Big bopper. <laughs> Giles, and his name was already cool Giles Perry J.P. Richardson Jr.
2: <laughs> That's a, what?
1: How would have gone by that. No
2: wonder he had to shorten it. Yeah. It's a very long name.
3: But then you lengthen the hello. That's what he figured out. He was like, I'll shorten my name, then yeah. I'll lengthen the way I say hello. Right, right, right. Or wait, did you lengthen baby? Hello, no, I don't know. Hello, baby. He He'll lengthens baby. Hello's normal. Hello's normal. The but I think about it all the time. I know you're like, why well, I, I honestly, no. there's there's certain things that I, my brain will come back to whenever I remember it. And one this, of them is the big bopper on that flight.
1: If anything, I would say that for years, I feel like a lot of our listeners have been thinking to themselves, when are they going to finally bring up the big bopper on this <laughs> new TV? Ch- <laughs> <laughs> And I'm glad we're finally giving the people what they want.
2: Yeah. Honestly. This
1: is another good aside, Chris. I was wondering this like twenty
3: minutes ago when we were talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. the nuances of pizza. Yeah. Who, who listens to this podcast?
1: Like what are what is this? A bunch of a bunch here? of hardcore Jersey enthusiasts. <laughs> There's a few thousand people that listen faithfully and I feel really No, I know, but yeah. I know
3: oh I know. I didn't think it was nobody. It was
1: I just mean like, who are these people? They're pe- like that are just like they're people who will like really passionately tell you about um like where the exact dividing line is between when Booten is hip and Booten becomes trumpy. Like they can tell you that's down to so, the block. That's
3: so cool. I feel like we should. These are yeah. These are awesome. people
1: who are very interested in your graphic novel merriment, but who also, when they heard Marissa say like I just grew up going to the Cosmos and it was part of my childhood, all in unison, were like, "Fuck, that's cool." <laughs> That's how I feel.
2: I feel the
3: same way. I do. What is up? I guess you probably dissected this for like decades where it's like, what's it? Why is New Jersey love? Just we just love talking about New Jersey. I don't I think, think other, they, I know this is like your whole career. i am be like, what's up with that? But it is interesting, right? Like well,
2: it's, it's an old state, but also it's just big enough so that I feel like you could really celebrate all of the different kind of like aspects of it. And it's, it's, it's something that you actually can do. There's like a state like Montana. That's absolutely mammoth or like California that's absolutely huge who could possibly spend all of their time kind of ingesting all of that information but New Jersey's like bite-sized and it's also it's like it's like the perfect chicken nugget it's also cra- it's
1: I love New Jersey the size also means that you can get to every place and experience it yourself it also leads to a lot of the political corruption and the craziness and. Obviously, there's the whole chip on the shoulder because we are often made fun of, and we're not New Yorker, Philly. So, the people who in New York, the people who invest in it, I think invest in it. Philly's fine, a thousand percent. <laughs> Philly is fine. We've talked a lot on the show about both. I, I recently said that New York's pretentiousness—how did I phrase it? Like New York's pretentiousness offends me more. Oh yeah, Philly's craziness does worry me more. <laughs>
3: I just think what offends me is that everything that New York is so proud of is usually in fucking New Jersey. And that, like, the sports teams, the fucking statue, like, all that shit. Whenever it's like, oh, a classic New New York moment, I'm like, fucking New Jersey, dude. Like, they want, they want, they covet what we have.
1: Yeah. But also, if, like, you know, if all of a sudden one day there was like a group of tricked out cars rampaging around, I would immediately be like, oh, did the Philly people finally invade? You know, like that. that's true. The Philly people are more psychos.
3: I think that's why South Jersey is what it is You're, as like a, as a buff, a buffer. I a think very, there needs to be a buffer. Interesting.
1: Yeah. This is a very interesting yeah. thought. Yeah. But sorry. Yeah.
3: I feel like I'm coming into like your world and I'm like mansplaining like, oh yeah, New Jersey. Yeah, this is it. So I'm Jersey planning. Yeah. Jersey's planning Okay. We, let's get back how to How are we
1: feeling about the Princeton junction stop? Everybody feelings on Princeton. So I, I spent one of the status nights of my life at the Princeton <laughs> junction stop.
3: So here's the thing about Princeton junction stuff. It, it's some way it's kind of one of the saddest places, but it honestly, if you're, if you're thrifty, it is easily the cheapest place to park and ride. Um, easily. It's very easy to get to big parking lot, $7 a day for up to 14 days. Whoa. Um, what? that's what I'm saying. I feel like it kind of knows what it is. It's like the, it, it's like the Jersey mites of, uh, of the railway where it's like kind of a little bit bullshit, but sometimes you just want something cheap and easy um but other than that you can't get to p-rex you got to take the dinky to get into prince you're not really near anything um you're near jersey mike's you're near dunkin donuts walgreens and i don't know why it's a walgreens and not a cvs right like i never understood that um yeah but it's cheap it's cheap and efficient it's easy
1: i just feel like i do i will always have some growing up in new jersey went to the state school hatred of princeton i will always have some slight hatred of the of the people in the town although i was just there recently and i ate at um the vegan place there the something plate oh it's me. behind I was thinking Hobie it's
2: behind a uh, p right
1: yeah it's kind of buried down underneath
2: yeah the, i've never gone in there
1: uh the planted plate and it was delicious yeah. and it was lovely and and obviously the record exchange is a very special thing Very important to me. Um, I do know when I I had started going into New York to do comedy when I was a junior and senior at Rutgers, and I had still been dating my high school girlfriend from West Orange, and she called me one day and said, I think we need to talk when you get back from the city. And I knew she was going to break up with me because she should have broken up with me a while ago. And I fell asleep on the train and missed the New Brunswick stop and woke up in Princeton Junction and had to stand as it was snowing on me, just waiting to get back to get broken up with. Aww. And I was, it was very bad. It was very sad. That is sad. I guess yeah. it's better than it being the Hamilton station, though. If we're yeah, trying to, you right know, wrong, at it. least you were. The <laughs> Hamilton station, that is, of course, the next stop, and I have no opinion <laughs> on it. I've never been. I don't know anything about it. Does anyone-
3: um, I guess you don't like sculpture gardens or AMC Hamilton? Grounds for sculpture. Yeah.
2: Oh, that's where ground for. Uh, okay. Yeah. I've been there once.
3: Is that walk And that's train station? So when Hamilton, there's AMC Hamilton, which is just closed. One of my favorite movies. That's where I saw Avatar. That's where I saw like most of my favorite movies. And there was a Taco Bell in the parking lot. And there was a multi-year, like a decade-long stretch when AMC had this policy where you could bring outside food in. They were That was their whole thing. They were like, you can bring your outside food in. Um and so we would go Ed, yeah we will yeah it's probably why they stopped it but so i was in there where someone had a bucket of chicken um but we would always be we call it ta- it wasn't like the most clever name it was called tacos in the movies and me and john we would we would ride down from new brunswick and we would get taco bell and go to amc and um we'd hang out in that parking lot so red white and blue is there there's a really good thrift store oh yeah that, that's ewing but that's like probably like the Hamilton stop if you're gonna go to red white and blue um And sculptures. If you like sculptures, there's sculptures at the Hamilton Station. Like, there's a couple errant sculptures from the garden. I don't know how. I never knew. I never knew. Maybe one. Maybe Marissa, you know, is like a resident artist. If they, if your sculptures are in the sculpture garden, but they're like, we're going to actually put them at the train station to promote the sculpture garden. Is that like a better thing or like a worse? I insult? feel like it's probably it's a worse. Yeah, is it an thing. insult or is it like an honor?
2: Uh, or it's inconsequential. It might have just been like, but more
3: people see it.
2: The art, I don't know. Maybe the artist like gave them a collection and was like put them in your garden however and they were like
3: that's what i'm saying or like you know that blue fit? and red one from the sculpture garden it's on like um yeah on i know you're talking about. same thing is that is that a huge honor that it's like windowed or is it kind of like oh this doesn't belong in the garden i've never known if that's a good thing or a bad thing when your sculpture is out of the garden
2: Art- artistic institutions do not want me
3: we're out of the grounds i'm sorry it's <laughs> not a garden it is a, it is a grounds i don't want to yeah i don't want to like uh, the
2: only the one time i went to the grounds for sculpture i was high on ecstasy um <laughs> that's a fun way to do it yeah i thought so i thought it was really funny all of the sculptures
3: i've never understood sculpture gardens place in art like are they for art? real art well, you know they the scene like kids one. climbing and like Do you know the
1: deal goofy the stuff? sculpture no that one of the members of the johnson family like the johnson and johnson family right oh that makes sense was making it with yeah. sculptures that nobody wanted so he was like fuck it and founded the grounds for sculpture mostly to have his art displayed and then it expanded from there so it's a rich main
2: very diy it's a
1: rich maniacs personal playground that makes or sense. very diy however you want to look at
3: it <laughs> it makes sense because
1: it's, it's like art for
3: kids to climb over and it's like goofy like oh you can walk inside a monet pan- it's not a sculpture walking inside of a painting or something like i never understood if it was supposed to be for like real like high art or or like low art or I never knew what the Browns' through was. Of
1: course, spent too much time there. Brings us. I mean, we could talk all day, but sorry, yeah, this does bring us to the end of the line, <sighs> the Trenton stop. Yeah, Trenton thoughts, and I think if one thing's been made clear by this interview, it's you guys were not kidding. It was not a bit. It's not a bit. <laughs> everyone listening. Everyone listening. I speak for everyone listening when I say. If we've proven one thing, it's goddamn Joe and Marissa fucking love the Northeast Corridor.
2: I feel like no one's probably listening anymore.
1: (laughs) No one. That's what.
3: That's why I asked who's listening to this. I didn't. I hope I didn't insult the listeners because I am a crazy person from New Jersey.
1: Let's give them a password, and I'll say for the comments on the Patreon: if you're still listening, comment with the word. What should it be? Uh, Merriment. Yeah. Merriment. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and I promise you a lot. There's people in here who have even stronger opinions on the Northeast Corridor line who are, are. Every, hanging on every word with me. I'd love. I'd love to meet them. Yeah, I can't wait to. I'd love to, yeah, meet, them. to, to, I'd love them. to meet them. Uh, yeah,
2: Trenton stop. Uh, I mean, obviously, I sit there to get on SEPTA.
3: Um,
2: they have a Dunkin' Donuts as well.
3: Don't get me started on the failures of that fucking SEPTA line.
2: The bathroom there is actually pretty, pretty um, rough. They have steel. They have metal toilets that are very cold to the touch.
1: Oh, like prison if, toilets. Yeah. Yeah. If your yep. cheeks
2: are a little warm, you might want to kind of let them air out
1: a little bit before you sit down. Um, so cool the cheeks. Your Marissa Patterson's personal recommendation. Cool your cheeks. Yeah. When using the metal toilets at the <laughs> Trenton station, cool them cheeks.
2: Yeah. Let them air out a little bit. I mean, you probably been sitting down for a while, so why not?
3: You got the Mill Hill. You got you got some good Trenton stuff there, right? You got the Mill Hill.
2: Right. Yeah. Uh,
3: um. Back, right? I'm trying to think of what else. <laughs> that was all I got. Trenton makes the world takes. Yeah. The bridge from the mouthpiece um record.
1: Absolutely. And
2: they have they have flea
1: market oh the flea market yeah, yeah.
2: But trenton is not a place i'm particularly familiar with i yeah
1: i've passed through on occasion but i can't claim to be an authority yeah yeah i've spent
2: i would like to know more
1: i've spent some time there but not as much yeah
3: usually i'm driving and i'm stopping you know between like um lambertville or something in philly like i I'll sometimes yeah. often yeah. take a route that passes through trenton and i'll stop there um and maybe i'll buy something but it's not a place i've usually like like hung out But ever, but every time I hang out there I have a really good time and I'm like I got to start hanging out in Trenton more. Um so maybe this will be the thing that does it. We have And then I f- fucked that SEPTA line. I'm just saying like that's SEPTA's bullshit, man. This is part of the thing about it. Like NJ Transit is like one of the most well-run um train what's it called? A lo- transit transit authorities. Um SEPTA's probably one of the worst transit authorities. So go go NJ Transit.
1: I think That's an amazing place to end. Yeah. We've really proven your New Jersey bona fides on this one. The love of the Northeast Corridor is real. I hope everybody listening goes to dongiovannirecords.com. Pre-order your copy of Merriment right now. It's out March 19th. It's great. I've read it. I got a quote on the jacket cover. And I wouldn't do that if I didn't like it, for real. I would say... Not my thing. Um, it's a really great thing that you guys have accomplished and I'm glad we got to share so much love about New Jersey's uh I would say most important train line. And that oh, yeah. people might get mad about that in the comments, but I would say it's the most important train line. Has
2: they can get mad till they're blue in the face. I made we made our points. Has the has they're irrefutable. <laughs>
1: Has the crowd,
3: has the, like, fans, has the audience ever, like, demanded that two guests come back onto the show because
1: it was so good? Like They
2: might for this one. Yeah. yeah.
1: For some sort of public public uh, it, reconciling? Yeah. No, no, I mean,
3: like, they wanted more. They were like, oh. only an hour. Like, we demand that you get these guys on for <laughs> more episodes because, you know. I'll screen grab the
1: comments when they do. Please. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> And if they get angry about anything, I might invite you guys to do some rebuttals. Yeah, please. Oh, yeah. We're here for it. Yeah. Yeah. Big time.
3: But if they do get angry, you can tell them in advance that they're probably
1: wrong. (laughs) Wow. That's one way to handle it. Yeah.
2: We're not going to back down.
1: No. Well, Joe and Marissa, congrats on the book. Thanks so much. Everybody go pre-order it right now. It's really good. You'll like it.
3: Thanks for having us for real. Like all jokes aside, I really appreciate you doing this,
0: Chris. This is awesome. Thanks, Chris. Hey everybody, how's it going? This is the voice of super producer and editor Carson Kopp here to wrap up the old episode for you. What a great time that was. Big ups to Joe and Marissa from Don Giovanni Records. I would just like to say, I'm going to keep this one brief, (laughs) I was at that Carney Irish show, that was a Killing Horse Records show that was put on in 2011, an extension of uh, the old Maxwell's days. Huge Big ups to Ryan Gross and Mike Sylvia over there at Killing Horse Records, which is very much still happening. You can find them on Instagram. There are tons upon tons of golden New Jersey indie rock nuggets over there that you can find. That said... You can check us out on Instagram at New Jersey is the World. You can find us on the greater internet at NewJerseyisTheWorld.com or you can find us on Patreon.com after searching for, you guessed it, New Jersey is the World. Or you can find us wherever you find podcasts. Now, the most important part of the equation, New Jersey is the World is a direct to consumer participatory project. That meaning, You can contact us, leave a message on our Google voicemail box by dialing 973-780-4660. That's 973-780-4660. Leave a comment in regards to anything that you've heard on New Jersey is the World. Anything you'd like to hear on New Jersey is the World. Or any type of confessional or just wild stories. We love wild stories. What more is this podcast than an amalgamation of wild-ass New Jersey stories. Leave one. Keep it under three minutes, or it will cut you off. All right, that's all we got for you. Until we meet again, tell your friends, tell your family, that which we already know to be true, which is that New Jersey is the world. See you next week. Bye.